You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising programme of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. Hello, good evening. I am so delighted to be here again once again and my name is Gracilis. This is Kada Matas. Kada is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. I am delighted that you have joined us today and today we are having a very special guest, someone I think he'll introduce himself better. So I'm just going to get him in. He's right on time, which is really good. We like people to be on time. So I guess he's going to join us. I hope we've had a lovely day so far. Uh, Wow, yeah, he is. He's joined us right on time. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, So guess who we have here? Leslie Charles. We've been even him to introduce himself, really. And thank you. Um, Is that Tipa Lada? Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You came really quite early. I'll be really grateful. And we're back here now. We've got Leslie Charles with us. And I'm going to allow Leslie Charles to introduce himself and to say to everyone who has joined, you are welcome. My name is Gracilis. This is another episode of Kada Matters. Kada Matters holds every Thursday evening by 8.30 p.m. And Kada is just an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. And Kada Matters is an awareness raising program of Kada. So we're delighted you've joined us today. We are really pleased today. We have a guest. He is Leslie Charles. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself for the next one minute. So Leslie Charles, could you introduce yourself? Why should people listen to you? Why should they not listen to you? Why is it worth their time to listen to what you have to say tonight? (laughs) Well, obviously it depends on the circumstances, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, thanks for that introduction, Gracilis. Uh, um, my name is Leslie Charles. I'm a solicitor, um, in-house solicitor for Ingram Toft. Um, I've been a solicitor since 2004, I believe it is. Um, previously, I was a principal solicitor at Leslie Charles Solicitors between 2008 to 2016. Um, I've got extensive experience in um, general legal practice, um, have dealt with family law, uh, matters, uh, some child abuse cases, non uh, uh, molestation orders and occupation orders and things like that, uh, divorces and things like that. So uh, I do have uh, experience in, the, in these matters. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, we're, we're convinced actually, I'm very sure the fact that um, Garcilis would not have brought you on if she didn't feel that you were what's the time of her viewers so yes uh, viewers that is leslie charles being very humble about his introduction uh what i would say is i've worked with leslie charles i've worked for leslie charles i've known leslie charles way 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 back way way back he was actually once my choir master so way 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 back really way 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 back so thank you so much leslie charles for agreeing to join us today on the show and i'm just going to say we're going to go bang on it and the very first question is there are so many people that have several definitions of what they think domestic abuse is and if we're saying domestic abuse and family law what better person should we be asking for the meaning of domestic abuse so leslie charles what does domestic abuse mean well, domestic abuse is, is generally defined as an incident or pattern of abusive behavior, coercive behavior, sexual violence, 
um, mental um, abuse uh, of an individual by a, a partner or an ex-partner or a family member, um, a husband, a wife, that type of situation. Thank you so much. Uh, you've just done it very well. And then, you know, we said domestic abuse and family law. So what does, when people say family law, what exactly does family law mean? And then why should someone who is being abused actually see a family law practitioner? Well, well family law in, in a nutshell is, is, is the, 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 the rules, regulations, uh, legislation, and, um, and general requirements, so to speak, um, that regulate to a limited extent uh, the relationship between individuals uh, um, when generally when things get when things break down you know uh, you generally won't be seeing a family lawyer you know, unless there is a problem you know um, or, or, or the beginning of, of a problem okay. uh, now yeah now family it's, it's good to see a family lawyer if one is a victim of domestic violence for a number of reasons one they see unfortunately they do see um, victims of domestic violence on a regular basis you know if they're in in practice in that area so they have an experience they, they understand um the the victim if i could put it that way they understand what they're going through they've seen it before they, they know how it starts they, they know the signs they know what it can lead to and they know generally the, the right advice to give to somebody who if they're the victim of domestic violence are generally in a vulnerable position uh, is also uh, when it comes to domestic violence and abuse it's important uh, that there is a verifiable record of incidents uh, that occur and where one doesn't want to go to the police if one if for whatever reason uh, one doesn't go to the police uh, another source of having a, a, a record that uh, will will generally hold water is if uh, they've been to see their solicitor they've told the solicitor about the situation the solicitor's made some notes there's record of them attending um, so that could be helpful in, you know, in establishing, you know, a pattern um, where, like I said, the individual in question doesn't want to go to the police or doesn't go to the doctors, which uh, obviously is not something I'd advocate that they should, they shouldn't do. I think they should do. But um, the reality is um, a lot of people don't. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So um, you you told us about as you said that that is why we should actually be seeing a family law practitioner uh, because they've seen this before again and again. They know what best to do. If someone is in an abusive relationship, really, especially when it's physical, what should that person do? You know, what what can that what can that person who is in an abusive uh, relationship do? I said what. Is there any provision in the family law? Is there any provision in the law that the person can use to sort of protect himself or herself and the children after leaving a, an abusive relationship? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Now, okay. if one is in the middle of an, of, uh, an, uh, an active abuse situation, i.e. if one is being beaten up, you know, um, then one should call the police, yeah, for example. If one is... Um, in the middle of a cycle of uh, a number of instances of abuse, for example, well, uh, for example, one is regularly being denied access to money by the partner, or one is being mentally abused by a partner. Then, um, obviously, it is against the law. You know, I mean, the uh, this, the uh, this, um, uh, the, uh, the, this, the abuse act, domestic abuse act, twenty twenty one, 
uh, you know, makes those things, you know, basically makes provision for those things to be illegal, you know, as, as well as obviously previous um, legislation. And as such, one could go to the police, you know, on those matters. Uh, and the situation will determine whether or not that's the um, prime facie position to adopt. You know, the more serious it is, you know, the more urgent they need to go to the police. Um, sometimes um, people may, you know, may call in family uh, to help. But um, you know, in, in in more mild cases of abuse, let's say financial abuse, and sometimes mental mental abuse. Um, but in cases of physical abuse, my advice would always be to go to the police. You know, because it it, it is it, it is a criminal offence for somebody to abuse another partner, and all, all too often we see these these incidences. They don't uh, they don't start well and they don't end well. If you know, if left unchecked. If left unchecked, I think that's quite central. I like the way you've qualified it. If left unchecked, because there's so many times we're believing and trusting God that something is going to happen, but we're not doing anything at all about it. Uh, let me see. Does cheating your spouse already a form of domestic abuse or a form of domestic violence? Okay, well. Let's see. So if we come to that, really, um, that could be class of cheating could actually be classed under emotional abuse because you could have someone repeatedly cheating and threatening their spouse, you know, repeatedly disturbing their emotions as it were, damaging them and threatening their spouse, really, um, making them to stay in the relationship. Why, you know, abusing them, using emotional abuse as it were to pull them down, make them feel, yes, I, I have every reason to cheat. There's something wrong with you. That's why I'm cheating. So yes, that could actually be a form of um, emotional, emotional sort form of domestic abuse. So yes, someone repeatedly cheating. I mean, that's somebody using emotions to damage because when you, when, when people feel cheated, actually what happens is there's, so, there are so many things that will happen. You have loss of self-esteem. You're wondering what's wrong with you. And then coupled with that, you have a partner, most likely, abusing, degrading, pulling you down, attacking your self-esteem, making it look like it is actually your fault that cheating is going on. Yes, it does happen. And some form of cheating could actually be um, domestic abuse. Thank you, um, Keke Lulu, for asking that question. And if we do have time, I will expatiate more. So I'll just go to the next thing. Um, Leslie House, you said something about the police, speaking to the police. I I've had some people who have had domestic abuse and they they've talked about, oh, I want to go and get an occupation or that I want to get a non-molestation or that. What, what are these things really? What, yeah. what do you want to do? <clears throat> the, the, a a non-molestation and occupation order, they, they tend to go together. And basically, uh, it's, it's an, an order from the court. Um, which, in effect, orders the offending party to 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 leave the property, to, to vacate the premises, and in effect to stay away from the uh, or, or not molest, uh, you know, or intimidate or harass the you know, the, the victim. Uh, as as you can, I'm sure you can imagine, when it comes to um, family circumstances, you know, um, somebody may be violent one day, but he still is. The father of the, ch the children he still is the, the husband of the of the wife or the wife of the husband whichever way it works uh, and so there could be that tendency for them to the next day call up and act as if nothing's happened or call up and you know try to intimidate the other party or threaten them or threaten the children things like that so uh, an occupation order would uh, firmly put the the, the the victim so to speak in the in the property uh, that's uh, the, the subject of the order and obviously prevent or should prevent the 
offending party from going back to the property and or causing um, uh, making a nuisance of himself you know uh, against the, the, the victim uh, these things tend to be applied for at the early stages of a, uh, a matrimonial uh, you know disaster but generally after an incident you know a significant incident or a, or a serious incident let me put it that way um, Having said that, it doesn't need to be a serious incident. It could be a small incident at the end of a long list of other incidents uh, that make it necessary for one party to apply. And, 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 and in a, something as simple, or something as strict, I won't say simple, but something as simple as a, a threat made by a husband to a wife or a, a wife to the husband, you know, could result in that the, the, the um, occupation or the. Well, yeah, well, I, I think that no threat should be taken um, lightly because yeah. many times when we find victims being killed, really, at the end of the day, you hear, or oh, the person has been saying, I will kill you one day, one of these days I'll kill you, and we shouldn't mm. take threat because before somebody says a thing like that, they most probably mm. have been thinking about it. They play different scenarios in their mind of how and where and when mm. they will do it, and then one day the perfect opportunity will come and then they will do it. So every threat should be taken <laughs> seriously. You know, you're saying something, let's say, Charles, about um, the domestic abuse bill. And, and, you know, there are several people who enter a relationship and they say things like, oh, if I'd known, um, I would not have um, gone ahead in this relationship. And the last time we had a police officer here, she was saying something about, I think, the is it Claire's Law. Yeah. Um, do you want to throw more light on what exactly is yeah. Claire's Law? What, what is this domestic abuse bill? I said, how do all these apply right. to us? Okay, the, 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 the domestic abuse bill is, has actually been given the royal assent in uh, in April, so it's now the Domestic Abuse Act. Okay. So it, it, it is it is it is it is law that's in force. Okay. Um, now, basically, um, when it comes to um, uh, Claire's law, basically, it's um, it came about following the murder of a lady called Claire Wood at the age, at the young age of thirty six by her, uh, her partner George Appleton. Um, oh, he, yeah, he, he has an extensive um, um, history of, of violence, if I put it that way. Um, and uh, he ended up strangling and burning um, Claire. Um, now, the police knew about his um, violent history, but um, Claire didn't. Yeah, so the, the upshot of the matter is that now um, you can find out the, uh, whether or not your partner you know, has a violent history uh, by speaking to the police and asking for that information. Now, violent history may include a, a, a criminal record for, you know, battery or assault or things like that. Uh, but also, the police may have incidences where, or, or knowledge of incidences where, no charges have been filed, no no, no conviction has been obtained. But um, that form a pattern, you know, which they may wish to uh, to, to let the individual uh, who's acting know about, this, so that they can make their own decisions as to whether or not this is somebody that they should be in a relationship with. Okay, so so essentially, what you're saying that it's because Claire was mother that her family sort of pushed for that law to to know go in place, and uh, we don't have the excuse anymore to say, oh, I, I didn't know that he was that because you could go to the police and you could check somebody up. So before you like continue or hook up with someone, kindly check the person up. Don't take yeah. their word for it. It's not possible that all their past girlfriends, exes, are all witches, you know, all terrible and had. <laughs> and they had a reason to give them a slap or whatever. Just 
Just watch the story, follow your gut feelings, and then you can actually use the police. You see, one of the reasons why a lot of people stay in abusive relationships is they think about the costs. Is thinking about the cost of leaving the relationship. They think about the fact that they might not have enough money to take care of the children. They might not have money to put the roof over their head. And it does really take a lot of courage for women to get up, women especially, to get up and really leave a, an abusive relationship, especially if it was one that there was even some form of financial, economic abuse, you know, in such a way that the person was no more working. They don't have anything. I said lots of people find themselves not being able to leave due to finances. But I know that there is a provision for the father of the child, you know, to take care of their child, irrespective of whether or not there is a relationship. Am, am I correct in thinking that? It's about child support. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, yeah. Yes, that's what it's called. So, so how does it work? And then how can a victim sort of like get to apply for child support? As in, you know, a, a victim that is thinking, okay, how do I leave? Or even one who has left and, you know, the person needs that fund, you know, to help. Okay. Take care of the children. Yeah. Uh, well, well, basically, uh, any parents, uh, absent parents, um, generally should have responsibility towards their children uh, under the age of 18. And um, th th there are rules uh, that require, um, should, you know, that, that, that require one parent, the absent parent, to um, provide some financial support for the, for the children, you know, to the parent that they're living with. Uh, and um, in this kind of situation, obviously, it may be a sudden thing, a sudden move, um, and they may not want to speak to the um, offending part partner. Um, but what they could do is that they can contact the child maintenance service, who will then make the application and make the contact with the uh, offending partner, uh, requesting that they pay a certain amount of maintenance on a regular basis, normally a monthly basis, um, to the account of the um, of the the, the parents with, with whom the children are actually living at that time. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it is, uh, they do have some powers, you know, to um, push forward, you know, in that regard and, uh, and to enforce, you know, uh, an order if it's, if it's, if it's uh, appropriate. Um, but then there's always the, the question of, you know, if somebody's ignoring the law and beating up their, their husband or their wife, you know, in front of the children sometimes, uh, will they, turn around and pay maintenance uh, willingly. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. But um, obviously, councils do have the responsibility to help um, um, victims of domestic abuse. And so, you know, I would say, you know, it's only people that are, that are alive that, uh, that spend money, you know, that have bills. And uh, the finances shouldn't be, I should think, want to think long and hard before allowing finances to be a barrier to getting out of an abusive relationship. Uh, my personal view is that people should not stay in abusive relationships um, because the damage it causes um, is is it, is a lot worse than the benefits you gain by staying in it, irrespective of who he or, or she is. Well, that that's quite interesting. So you're saying now that um, it's not it's not always the case that if one is applying for child support, they need to do it by themselves. Um, there's something you've said. Call the child maintenance service. So, how are these people going to get the money from the the absentee parents? Is there a, a sort of way they get this money? That the absentee parent volunteer their employers, you know, information or how exactly does this work? Yeah, well, well the, obviously they will contact the party, 
um, uh, and obviously try and establish communication and you know, let them know what they believe that they should be paying and ask them to, to pay the money. Um, now, if they don't, I mean, is, is the offending party going to go to prison over this? Unlikely, you know, if they don't pay it, whether they're going to go to prison, it's, it's unlikely. It's possible, but it's, it's unlikely. But at least, um, you know, it could be enforced. You know, it could be enforced. And going back for, you know, however long it, it goes back for, you know, however long they'd be required to make that pay, those payments for, um, that, uh, you know, a, a child support, you know, order could be enforced. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't have the money, then they don't have the money. In effect, you know, you can't, you can't just magic money from there. So um, it, it, it's, it's always, I think it's always wise that in a relationship that you, you just behave financially, be financially prudent, which brings us to a part of the uh, Domestic Abuse Act, which includes reference to economic abuse. You know, if as a, a spouse, uh, a husband, a wife, or, you know, <laughs> a, a partner, for example, um, living together with another partner, a husband or wife, uh, if you're not getting any access to the money, you know, if you cannot survive financially without, you know, always asking your partner, so to speak, and that's not your preferred, um, and that's not your choice, so to speak, but it's been imposed on you, uh, that could be some form of economic abuse. Um, I think that economic abuse sometimes would, would result in a, a create, create a barrier to leaving a relationship because the other party has no money. But if the, if the finances are addressed properly and, and that abuse is not going on, then one should generally be in a position to, to, to at least plan, so to speak, you know, their own finances in the event that um, they need to. I think you know, it's, reasonable to, it's not unreasonable to expect a wife to have savings or a husband to have savings, you know, if the family has the money to have those savings. But it is strange where in a family there is money but one party has no access whatsoever to it, unless it's by consent or agreement. For example, if, if the husband is a gambler and he agrees that you know he shouldn't be having access to money or the wife, then obviously that wouldn't be abuse. But in a different scenario where it's involuntary and imposed mm -hmm. and being used as a weapon, um, th that, that, is, that is economic abuse and that is unlawful. Well, I think another thing about child support, if I'm not mistaken, is the fact that um, depending on what the person is doing because if the person is actually working right is an employee yeah. what happens is that from what i um, the experience i've had what happens is that money can be deducted from the source so before yeah. the money even gets to the person the money can be deducted from the source i think part of the issues is when this person is a self-employed person the person is a doctor declaring this is their income they could just declare that they what they this is what they make and there's nothing you can do about it and from what they make they might, you might just find out that they are only entitled to pay like five pounds a week and the person is a doctor. So it, it just depends really on, on the person and people actually do use this as another form of control even after yeah. you, the victim has left the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It could be used as a form of control. And I think that even this, getting the services of a lawyer sometimes could be quite challenging. You know, mm. And that brings me to my next question as saying, how does one employ the services of a, a family law practitioner? Is there sort of like legal aid for somebody to do that? Uh, what's, the, what's the best way one can use to get the services of a family law practitioner, especially someone who does not have access to funds? Okay, well, there is legal aid for certain family matters, you know, 
um, if one is in an abusive relationship and doesn't have access to funds, one should generally qualify for for legal aid. You know, um, one should generally qualify for legal aid. Uh, uh, and so, the best way to get a lawyer—I mean, one, one, would, one would argue is by recommendation. You know, people that you know uh, that know somebody that they've had experience with. If you don't have, if you don't know anybody that has had experience of a good lawyer in that particular area, um, then you could go to the Law Society website and look for um, uh, lawyers in that regards. And also my suggestion is you check online, check their reviews. Have they got good reviews? Have they got bad reviews? Um, check their, their history with the, with the Law Society and the Solicitor's Regulation Authority, if you wish. And uh, um, also the feel you get. Sometimes you get a good feel with, uh, for a lawyer uh, when you speak with them. A, a lot of times you don't. Um, but it's 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 important that you find a lawyer that's a good fit for you, because those kind of situations, domestic violence situations, are, are delicate, and you know a lot it tends to be at stake, particularly for one has one has children. Okay, thank you very much. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has joined us today. Thank you. Uh, we like to keep it, keep it short and sweet. So today we ask there's a chance to come and speak to us about domestic abuse and family law. Because we recognize that a lot of people are in domestic abuse situations. They don't know what their rights are. They don't know what the law says. Sometimes they're actually told um, when we're done with you, we'll disturb your immigration status, you'll be spent, sent back. And that's why some, some months ago, we did actually get an immigration lawyer to come and speak to us about domestic abuse and immigration. So if you if you didn't watch it, I know there are quite a number of new people here today, and we really do appreciate every single one of you. If you have not watched it at all, really, you could get to watch it. If you go to our IGTV, you'll see domestic abuse and immigration. And then that immigration lawyer actually explained all the different things, what entitles you to an immigration status depending on domestic abuse. It's not just for everybody. You know, then you need to be married, you know, to a certain, um, to a person of a certain immigration status for you to be able to claim that. So I, I will advise everyone who has not, um, who did not listen to listen to that. As in, today we've looked at domestic abuse, the, the Leslie says no more bill is now an act, and it's told us about the class law, so there's no excuse if you're dating someone before you go ahead, before you allow them to spend the, roof, the night under the, your, you know, spend the night, you know, under your roof before you bring them to your children. I think it's very important and really wise to go and check them out and check what their police record is. And of course, we can all assess family law practitioners. These people are experienced, they've seen these things, they've, they've had several cases. They are the best fit as it were if you are using the law to to win your case and, and i think another thing we've also looked at today is we look at occupation or that we look at no molestation others there are some things that you could also go to enforce even in the courts that could help your case but i think most of all it's important to speak out it's important to be able to speak to someone about um whatever predicament you are in, speak to a trained person about the predicament you are in. And hopefully that person will nudge you in the right direction. And if you do have any questions or you do feel that um, you need further clarifications, we here in Kada Matters, we do have quite a number of sister networks. If you can't answer your question, we'll direct you to the very person we believe should be able to help you. Uh, and just before we go, Leslie Charles, I wonder if you have just one word, final word to say to our viewers today. Yes, I mean, I mean, given that we're talking about domestic violence uh, and, and domestic abuse, 
um, you, you need to, 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 to love yourself, value yourself. You know, um, you have value, you know, no matter what anybody says to you, you have value uh, and you have to believe it. Right. Yeah. Believing that value, you know, um, you need to, to, to stand up for yourself and fight for yourself. Um, get out of domestic abusive situations if, if, if you're in one, you know, um, you know, draw the line, you know, you know, there are a lot of people going through having loving, happy relationships out there who, um, um, and you could be one of them if, if you're going through domestic violence, um, either your partner changes, you know, um, or, or, or basically, you know, just he's crossed the line or she's crossed the line if, if they are making you a victim of domestic abuse. Wow, wow, wow. I think, um, let's say I speak one of our key gospels here, um, Kada Matas, which is the first rule of loving anybody else is loving yourself. You need to love yourself enough to know that you do not deserve to be abused, to know that as a human being, you ought to be treated with dignity and honor, to know that God places a lot of value on you. And so you should place that value on yourself. It's wrong for you to allow yourself to be abused continuously because God doesn't want that. And that's what we say here. That's what we talk about here. I want to say a very big thank you to everyone who joined us tonight. I, I, I hope I'm not going to murder the names as I start trying to call them. But I want to say a big thank you to is that Tipa Dana. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lele Lulu, 1543. Thank you, KC uh, Hebosa. Thank you, Himo. Thank you also for Nosa. Thank you to the Wells. Thank you to Jen Ragita. Uh, thank you to, uh, let's see, Tipa Ladana. Uh, and again, Jigita again. Just want to say a big thank you. I want to say a very big thank you to Leslie Charles for gracing this occasion. We are very grateful. This video is going to be made as it were on IGTV. For those who have just joined us for the first time, we are here every Thursday evening, 8.30 p.m. on Kadamatas on this Kada. Um, Instagram and Canada is Church Against Domestic Abuse and on this program what we do is we raise awareness of domestic abuse and the reason why we're doing that is because God hates abuse, there's no excuse for abuse and we as a church we say no to domestic abuse. So till we come your way again next week, next week um, we're going to be celebrating the International Dog Day and because we're celebrating International Dog Day, guess what we're talking about domestic abuse and animal abuse. Yes, animal abuse does happen sometimes ensures that pet abuse and it's also another form of manipulation another form of power and control by perpetrators of domestic abuse so that's what we're going to be discussing next week and i do hope we all join us here and so if you like what we do here please like our videos please share our videos please tell people about us please pray for us pray with us and most importantly we would love to see you again next week till we come your way again this is a big thank you from gracilis and the team here at kadamatas saying thank you very much mr charles and thank you very much our viewers for joining we hope you enjoyed and learned from today's session Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse.